this is Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Frymouth. Welcome to the episode. I am still in Taiwan, still in lockdown. Um, I mean, it's not real lockdown, but it's our soft lockdown where everything is closed, but you can go outside. Um, It's kind of funny. I've been seeing news reports of countries raising or lifting restrictions on Taiwanese travelers saying like Taiwan is a really low risk country you don't have to quarantine you don't have to like provide a negative covid test um and yet here everyone is still totally panicking they just extended our soft lockdown for another two weeks bearing in mind that yesterday we had 75 new cases in the whole country <laughs> um which I do, I do appreciate that they're taking it really seriously, and um, you know, I think they re- they really want to eradicate all of it before they lift the restrictions. And it's true that vaccination rates are really low here because it wasn't a really high priority for <laughs> a long time because um, Taiwan didn't have any outbreaks. Um, so they are taking it really seriously, and I do appreciate that. But in comparison to the rest of the world or what the rest of the world went through last year, um, we're, we're doing okay here. Um, and I am leaving for the U.S. in about five weeks, hopefully uh, very soon by the time this episode comes out. And it's just been so much fun recently to see all of the trips that people are planning, you know, from just my friends who are booking vacations or you know, meeting up in cities to see each other and they haven't been able to for so long, you know, people doing little like weekend getaways and and things like that. And it's just, I don't know, it just fills me with joy. It's so inspiring and seeing like the, you know, the big name travel bloggers get back on the road. Everyone's heading now to Europe, it seems like. Greece is really popular. I have to see if Greece did some special um, lifting of restrictions or anything like that because it seems like everyone is heading to Greece right now. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just so much fun and I'm looking forward to being back on the road as well. And it actually unintentionally segues perfectly into what we're talking about today, which is visa-free travel. Uh, what is visa-free travel, you may ask? Well, it's probably something you've done before if you've traveled internationally at all, um, The idea of just being able to get on a plane, arrive in a country, show them your passport, get a stamp, and stay for usually 90 days, uh, that's visa-free travel. Um, Traditionally, going to another country involves, I mean, you have to get a visa ahead of time, usually a couple months ahead of time. So that would involve filling out an application, mailing that with your passport and other documents, and a fee, usually kind of a hefty fee uh, to the consulate and then waiting to get your passport back in the mail with that visa pasted into it. And that's always so nerve wracking for me. I don't like being without my passport in general. And then especially knowing that it's in the mail, which seems kind of risky. I just I don't like that process. Um, And it is, you know, it can be a little bit complicated. It's time consuming. It can be expensive. Um, And so countries realize this. And now If two countries make an agreement with each other, kind of, if you let my citizens into your country, I'll let your citizens into my country without a visa, and that is visa-free travel. And so that is definitely the case in much of the world, um, depending on where you're from, what country your passport is issued by. 
Um, I'm speaking of all of this as an American, and America traditionally has had a pretty strong passport. We talk about the strength of different passports depending on how many countries they're allowed into um, without visas. But I think it is worth noting that the American passport has dropped in recent years, and it's not the strongest. There are several other countries that um, have more ability to enter, uh, the ability to enter more countries than Americans do. So I just think that's worth noting. Uh, But again, like I'm speaking of this as an American with only an American passport, sadly. So like I said, countries have these agreements that let people enter just with their passport. And I used to think that that was a given. Like if I'm an American and I have my passport and I'm allowed to enter this country, you have to let me in. And it took several times of getting really like grilled by border guards when I was trying to enter countries. You know, they would ask like tons of questions, very detailed, specific questions. They would ask for lots of documentation, you know, like my bank account, not my bank account, but my bank statement. How much money do I have? How do I support myself? Where am I staying? Um, Where am I going after this? All these things. Um, And after the fact, after they let me into the country, I would always be kind of disgruntled. Like, I'm always very polite to them. um, But, you know, I was kind of frustrated afterwards. I was like, you have to let me in. But they don't, actually. It's up to the discretion of the border guard. So just because you technically have the ability to enter this country without a visa doesn't mean they have to let you in. (laughs) Um, So it could be, you know, could be up to their mood. Hopefully they're having a good day, but also um, it might be how you present yourself, which is kind of unfortunate because they might make judgments based on your appearance or, you know, your attitude towards them or things like that. Um, Like I said, they might ask to see your bank statement to see if you have enough money to support you. Um, Sort of all of these contributing factors Um, can then factor into their decision of whether to let you in or not. And in recent years, some countries have become more notorious than others for harsher screenings, especially of Americans. And this completely aligns with my own experience. Um, In my research, I found that the UK and Ireland are very strict with their screenings of Americans entering the country because those countries have had issues with Americans overstaying that visa-free time, um, working illegally in the country, etc. Um, and so they have, you know, started to be a little bit more rigorous on uh, questioning people coming into the country. And, you know, that's fair because that's kind of what I was considering doing when I was entering Ireland. Um, No, I I wasn't going to do anything illegal, but I wanted to move to Ireland and I just decided that I would enter as a tourist, which is that visa-free travel um, or visa-free entry, and then I would figure out how to stay legally longer once I was there. Uh, But that's really suspicious to a border guard. You know, they see me entering with just a one-way ticket, Um, And they're like, huh, she's probably going to try to stay longer than her 90 days. Um, And so that was the case. That was the one time that I was like really, really rigorously questioned. I showed them um, my accommodation that I had booked for the first few weeks. I showed them my bank account balance. Um, Then they asked or the woman asked, 
uh, how do I support myself? Like, where do I make money? Which at that point was nothing. Uh, but I was trying to break into the travel writing business. And luckily, I had a gig with Huffington Post at that point. I was writing blogs for Huffington Post. And so I was able to say that. Uh, but then she actually Googled me. She looked up my name in Huffington Post to verify what I had said. With Luckily, there were articles there. There were blog posts there that I had written. So she believed me. I was telling the truth. I mean, I didn't add that uh, that was unpaid work, but um, yeah, so so she was very suspicious, and I think, I don't know, I think it was pretty close. She did let me in. Um, I did get that 90 days, but I, I do think it was kind of close. It was some rigorous questioning. And then my experience in the UK was almost more remarkable because this time I wasn't even entering the country. Um, I mean, I guess technically I was, but it was a layover. It was one of those layovers where you have to leave the international area um, to pick up your bag and then recheck your bag and go back through border control, passport control, security, all of that. Uh, just because the bag wasn't checked all the way to the destination. So that's a normal thing to do. But because this was an international airport, um, they had to technically let me through border control. And the woman was really suspicious. <laughs> Again, she was asking so many questions like, you know, where are you staying? Again, I think there was the the bank account question. I was like, I'm I'm not staying anywhere. I'm not leaving the airport. I'm not entering the city. I'm I swear I'm just going to pick up my suitcase and recheck it and come back through and get on another flight. Like here's my other ticket or my other uh boarding pass. Um and I, I was I was really frustrated with that one. I mean, I guess from her point of view, she had no way of knowing if I was going to take that second flight. Um, you know, it could be a sneaky way of getting into the country. But I was like, I promise you, I will be technically on UK soil for 30 minutes tops if all goes to plan um, with checking my bag. But yeah, they they don't mess around anymore. And contrast that to my experience entering Spain... Um, going to Spain was after all of these uh, experiences with the UK and Ireland. And so I was prepped. I had like every document they could possibly ask me for. Um, I was going to go work as an au pair for two months, which technically is within that 90 day visa free window. But I was really worried that they might think that, again, I was going to try to extend it or stay longer because I was entering um, sort of for a job, quote unquote, although it's a <laughs> sort of an under the table, um, not official job. So I had my contract with the family. I think I even bought like a budget airline Ryanair flight out um, after those two months just so I could say like, hey, look, here's my flight. I'm leaving because that's another thing they often want to see um, that you have a flight out, which is so frustrating for people like me who don't like planning and uh, to that extent, you know, I like embarking on these trips that are open-ended, so I don't always have a flight out or a flight home, and it's not suspicious at all. It's just the way I travel, but uh, that's where those budget airline flights can really help you because you can always book just like a $20 flight and be like, hey, look, I'm leaving, um, and then you don't have to take it at all. So I think that's what I did in that case. But the border guard to enter Spain could not have cared less. He looked at my passport. He, I think he said like, oh, are you a soccer player? And I was like, no. He's like, oh, well, you look you look very athletic. 
here's your stamp, here's your passport, have fun in Spain. Um, So it was a much easier process. I also just want to add that you know, I'm talking about like being scrutinized at a border or going through rigorous questioning or something. And I just want to check my privilege for a second because, yes, it's more questioning than I would expect, but that's coming from, you know, a white American woman um, who doesn't expect to be questioned at a border. So a rigorous lev- level of questioning for me is, you know, nothing to what people from other communities or countries or religions or, you know, who present or appear a certain way, um, sort of the level of intense questioning or exams that they might go through at a border control. Um, so I just wanted to you know, throw that out there and admit that this is where my perspective is coming from and that it's far more privileged than a lot of people might experience um, entering a country. And also, this is coming from a point of view of someone who does a lot of open-ended travel. You know, I often, like, will go to one country and plan to stay there for a few weeks or a few months, but I don't know where I'm going to go next. Um, And that is far more suspicious to border control than a family traveling or a couple traveling, you know, who have round trip flights booked and the accommodation booked the whole time. And that's obvious to the border control agent. You're probably not going to (laughs) be answering any um, intense questions in that situation. I mean, you could like they could still put you through the same level of questioning. But my lifestyle and the way that I travel um, appears far more suspicious in terms of likelihood of overstaying visas or trying to work in the country or something like that. Um, so I might be making this whole process of travel sound like really intense and, you know, they're they're going to quiz you and you have to have all your documentation. And, and that's true. Like that could happen. And if you're traveling like I do, you do want to be prepared for that. But if you're taking a more traditional trip, Um, where you have, like I said, that obvious round trip ticket and you have the accommodation um, and you have the rental car, whatever it is, um, they're probably not going to be as intense in their, you know, questioning of you at the border. And, you know, always over prepare. It's always better to be over prepared and have those documents and the answers to those questions. Um, But sometimes, sometimes you don't need it at all. And so just to sort of clarify what you might need, uh, like I was just saying, you definitely need your passport, obviously. And sometimes they require that the passport be valid for an additional five or six months after your trip, which, again, is so frustrating because it means they're actually like limiting the valid period of your passport uh, by five or six months. But just make sure that it's not coming up on its expiration date because that could be a problem. Um, so always have your passport. You, like I said, might need proof that you're leaving within 90 days. So you might need that onward plane ticket Buy the cheapest budget airline flight you can find just to have something to show them. Um, they might ask for a bank statement. So be prepared to show them that either pull that up online, but I always like to print it out ahead of time, um, just to show that you can support yourself while you're in their country. Uh, They very well could ask for proof of accommodation, your booking receipt, the address of where you're staying, um, 
like I said, when I was entering Spain to work as an au pair, I made sure that I had a signed copy of the contract that showed that it was only for two months. Again, they could not have cared less, but I made sure that I had that. Um, sometimes there might be a tax. I've never encountered this, but I read this online. Uh, the website Nomad Capitalist says that there's like an $11 tax to enter the Philippines and Costa Rica also has a departure tax and all of these are paid when you arrive in the country but they're usually negligible amounts like I said $11 for the Philippines Um, and I've never encountered that but it might be the case. So that is step number one. Make sure that you are fully prepared with everything they could possibly ask for, all the documentation, all the answers to your question, to their questions prepared. Um, Another option other than visa free travel is visa on arrival. This is technically different, but it functions very similarly. So I'm going to talk about it here and it's really not too much of a hassle or it shouldn't be too much of a hassle. So again, visa free travel you don't have a visa. I think sometimes it's called the tourist visa. I I sometimes call it the tourist visa, but it's not. It's actually no visa. Visa on arrival, you are getting a visa, but they make it really easy. It's not something you have to prepare months ahead of time, send your passport out for. Um, Usually you just arrive at the airport in the country and you have to go to a different counter, fill out a form or two, pay a fee and get a stamp, a different stamp in your passport, and then you can enter the country. I did this when I visited Turkey. It was about 25 USD at the time, I think. Um, And I read online, I I looked this up to see (laughs) how the price had changed in recent years. And it looks like there are different prices for different countries, like if you're you're from a different country, uh, which is a little bit odd, I think. Um, A lot of countries also offer an e-visa, which is just a form that you submit online ahead of time and pay a fee ahead of time. So again, just streamlining that process even more. So you do it online, you do it ahead of time, and then presumably you submit your passport um, at the airport and get that visa in your passport at the time. So like I said, that's visa on arrival. A lot of countries have this, um, but it it's not much more of a hassle than visa free. You just might have to fill out a form and pay an extra fee. So I want to talk about the idea of visa runs, which is using visa free travel to stay in a country longer than is technically legal, but it is legal because you leave. So you you enter the country, um, you get that 90 day stamp in your passport, you stay for 90 days, then you leave. You either have a vacation or some people literally just cross the border for like a couple hours and come back in. It's just leaving the country and coming back to get a new 90 day stamp in your passport. So theoretically, this works and you could do it indefinitely, but it may or may not be successful depending on the country. And some countries are more notorious for this than others, either for allowing it or really cracking down and not allowing it. Um, It works pretty reliably in Taiwan, or it it did before the borders (laughs) closed for COVID. Um, But I know a lot of people who have done it here where like sometimes you'll they'll come as a couple and one couple will have a job and like a work permit and visa here and the other Uh, member of the couple will just keep doing visa runs to be able to live with their partner in in Taiwan. And so it really depends on 
The relationship of the host country with your country, again, if you're from America, if you're from Western Europe, it'll probably be a little bit easier for you. I think Taiwan doesn't really have a problem with Americans doing it. They might have more of a problem with Southeast Asians doing it. Um, So it depends on where you're coming from. Again, it totally depends on your border control agent's mood. Um, They have the ultimate authority for allowing or denying entry. So if they feel like letting you in, sure. If they say, hmm, this person has gone through seven 90-day tourist visas in the past few years, uh, I think they're abusing the system. They might not let you in. Um, Again, how you present yourself. Are you polite? Um, What is their impression of you? All of that stuff. Unfortunately, uh, factors into their decision. You know, like I said, if they see that you've done it seven times, um, they can look at your travel history in your passport. Have you abused this before in this country or in other countries? That could factor into their decision. And again, the other documents that you have that they might ask for as well. Um, This is now, like I said, under scrutiny within the EU or within other European countries because of people abusing it, specifically Americans abusing it. Um, And I did try to do that. Well, I I successfully did this in Ireland. Um, Like I said, I had no plans to do anything illegal. I did not do anything illegal. But at the time, I could not find a way to get a more permanent visa. In retrospect, I know more now about self-employed visas and creative visas, and there was definitely a way. But at the time, I couldn't get a job. I didn't want to be a student, so I didn't see any way to stay permanently. And a lot of people that I met encouraged me to do this visa run. They'd be like, oh, I, you know, I did it many times. I did it several times. Well, yeah, that probably worked 5, 10, 15 years ago. But like I said, they're a little bit stricter now. So I flew to Denmark. I had a lovely weekend in Denmark. I even went to Sweden for a few days. And then I flew back into Ireland. And luckily, I had a really nice border control agent. In fact, he almost missed it entirely. He was so close to just automatically giving me that stamp without asking very many questions this time. Um, And then he saw that I had just been in Ireland a few days previously. And he was like, huh. So he started to ask me a little bit more about what I was doing there. Again, I played up the travel writer thing. I was like, I've been there writing. Um, I've been traveling around. I just have like a few stories to wrap up, so I need to go back. Luckily, I had that budget airline flight out for, um, I think, like two months in advance. I didn't I didn't want to be super suspicious and book a flight for exactly on 90 days, so I had done it for like 65 days later or something. And so he didn't give me the full 90 days. He gave me to the day that I had booked that flight for. Um, So, yeah, he he was definitely suspicious. I was um, definitely abusing the system. So I was allowed back in, um, but I, I could not have done it a third time, probably. And much of Europe is part of what's called the Schengen Zone, Um, which means that there's visa-free travel within most of Europe. You don't have to present your passport. You can easily travel between countries. Um, There's no border control, which is fantastic. It's great when you're traveling within Europe, Uh, but they have their own specific rules, and they say that you can only stay for 90 days within a 180-day period. So if you stay for 90 days, 
they're not going to let you back in again for another three months. So that's how they get around the visa run within the Schengen zone. Um, So like I said, there are countries that are notorious for making this really easy. Um, Taiwan, like I said, it's pretty easy. But here are some of the easiest countries to do visa runs within. You could essentially live there perpetually and keep doing this. And people definitely do. So again, this info is from Nomad Capitalist. And they say that the easiest countries are Panama, Ecuador, Mexico, Seychelles. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, in Africa, Hong Kong, Malaysia, and Cambodia. Um, That is the list of countries that you could stay in without a visa for as long as you want, as long as you leave every 90 days. Um, So now I want to talk about the strength of different passports, which countries and which passports really give you the ability to travel without a visa in much of the world, in most of the world. Um, So it's worth noting that these rankings do shift all the time. And like I said, COVID has really thrown this into a quagmire. Um, The U.S. and both the U.K. have both dropped in recent years in terms of the strength or the number of countries that we are allowed into without visas. But again, with COVID, that's going to affect border controls, vaccination requirements. All of that stuff is going to be all over the place for 2021. But this information comes from the Henley Passport Index, which is a global ranking of countries according to the travel freedom of holders of their ordinary passport holders. That doesn't sound like a correct sentence, but we'll go with it. The site provides a ranking for 199 passports of the world according to the number of countries their holders can travel to visa-free. So um, the way that this works is they give you a number ranking, but there might be uh, many countries at that number because they are allowed into the same number of countries, if that makes sense. Um, So, for example, the number three spot is tied between Germany and South Korea because both of those citizens can enter 191 different countries without visas. So the number one and number two spots are Japan and Singapore. Japan, Japanese citizens can go to 193 countries and Singaporeans can go to 192 countries. Um, So right there at the top, we have Japan, Singapore, Germany, South Korea. Spots four, five, six are all multiple countries, and they are all countries from the EU. The U.S. is at number seven with Belgium and Switzerland and the U.K. We can go to 187 countries on our passport. And just a couple of other notable uh, results. I'm not going to read through the whole list, but Canada can enter 185 countries. Um, Interestingly, Hong Kong, people from Hong Kong can, or again could, I don't know if this might have changed recently, go to 171 countries, but Chinese citizens from mainland China can only go to 76 countries. So Hong Kong has a lot more Uh, travel freedom than people from the rest of China. Um, Jumping to the very end, just out of curiosity, is Afghanistan, uh, ranked 110th with the ability to go to only 26 countries visa-free. Other countries down there, um, uh, unfortunately, at the end of the list are Iraq, Syria, Pakistan, Yemen. Um, North Korea can go to 39 countries. Um, that they can visit without a visa. 
And so that just gives you a little bit of an idea of like how many countries you might be able to visit if, if I listed the country that you are from. Generally, the most of freedom is afforded to European countries and certain Asian countries, um, North American. But I also wanted to look at the countries that we're not allowed into, because that was sort of the flip side, like where, you know, I see this number, we can go to 180 something countries, but where can't we go? So here are a few countries and some popular tourist destinations that don't allow visa-free travel for Americans or that easy alternative of visa on arrival or e-visa, because that's sort of counted in visa-free travel as well. So if you're an American like me, I mean, Again, I don't want to be American-centric all the time, but I am an American, so that's going to come out a little bit. Um, So if you're an American, here are the countries that you cannot enter without a visa. You must prepare that visa ahead of time. Brazil, China, India, Indonesia, Kenya, Myanmar, Russia, and Vietnam. And of course... There's a lot more than this. Uh, This is just some of the top countries, some of the more popular countries in terms of travel or tourism. Um, We are going to look more closely at Vietnam's visa process in the future because that was entirely different. That had a very odd process when I visited there. And Russia, (laughs) I mentioned in a previous episode that there is a loophole if you want to go to St. Petersburg for 72 hours without a visa, just enter by sea, take a ferry there. Um, That was the loophole that I exploited (laughs) to visit Russia without a visa. So that brings me to the end of my specific information. I hope that wasn't too overwhelming in terms of details, um, but I think it is important to know, just have that awareness that most countries you can probably visit without a visa, but definitely not all. You do want to know that ahead of time. I have heard some horror stories of people um thinking that they could go to Russia without a visa and then realizing halfway through their trip um, to a different European country that, oh, no, we actually have to change our plans because we didn't prepare visas for Russia. Um, So, you know, just having that awareness, like I said, is absolutely key. But even for countries that you don't need a visa for, you might need other information and they might not necessarily let you in. Um, So definitely do a little bit of research, see how um, flexible (laughs) their border control agents tend to be. Like I said, in Spain, it was not a problem at all. But if you're going to uh, the UK or Ireland, maybe get your get your paperwork in order and be prepared to answer all of their questions by that budget airline flight out just to show that you are going to leave. Whether you ultimately end up taking that flight or not is totally up to you. Um, And really, happy traveling. Happy traveling, everybody. I hope you have a trip on the horizon. I would love to hear what it is. I would love to help you with any part of that process. If you have any questions, please let me know. You can send those questions to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. Tell me where you are going next. Where are you booking that trip to? I'm so excited for you, and we will talk more about travel and the whole world next time on Going Out Your Door. 